From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And let me welcome you back to the Cannabis Podcast one more time. If this is your first time, well, an especially warm welcome for you. We're going to spend, oh, probably the next 40 minutes or so talking about all kinds of things cannabis. It's a plant that I happen to love, and if you have an affection for it too, that you've come to the right place. This episode, we are going to talk with a Jewish mystic. In fact, we are going to get high with the Jewish mystic, who is going to tell us the truth. We look at a job offer to make any cannabis enthusiast drool, a study that shows high THC may impact some memories, and we'll stop on Cultivar Corner to recognize Aaron the Goat, and his namesake BC Bud MK Ultra. All of that and perhaps more on episode 78 of the Cannabis Podcast. And we're going to 420intel.com for the first story of the day. Cannabis website is seeking a specialist to get high and here's the kicker, get paid. Cannabis-centered website Flower and Freedom has announced plans to hire three cannabis effects specialists. Do you want to make, now these are U.S. dollars, this is a U.S. story, it has some Canadian reference at the back of it. Do you want to make U.S. $1,500, or in Canada, $1,918, and smoke free weed for a month? Cannabis-centered website Flower and Freedom has announced plans to hire three cannabis effects specialists per a report from Newsweek, promising that they will pay you to take cannabis. A post on the website's blog describes the Ganjafield gig in depth. The study will last for 30 days, and the company says that specialists will be provided with all the necessary cannabis and equipment to complete the trial, which ambiguously describes its aim as testing theories about the effects of the drug. We have a few different theories behind the pros and cons of casual cannabis use, and we want to provide more information to our community, reads the blog. We are aware that cannabis can affect people in different ways, and different dosages will have different effects, but we're keen to test some of our theories. Candidates must meet certain criteria to qualify. Applicants must be 21 years of age or older, be willing to follow testing procedure and process, strong English writing and communication skills. The blog also notes that applicants should have no prior health conditions which might make it unsafe for them to participate, and must be comfortable and able to attend video calls to recap their experiences as well as fill out a verbal questionnaire. The company also specifies that although participation is not limited to U.S. residents, applicants must reside in a region where adult cannabis use is legal. Well, that means we could do it here, right, in Canada? And I think there's a kicker to that in the end of the story. Applicants for all countries are welcome, but the area you live in must have recreational cannabis laws, reads the blog. That may still pose a problem for Canadians wishing to participate, though. Although cannabis is federally legal in Canada, it is illegal to take or ship cannabis across the Canadian border essentially ruling out legal Canadian participation by default. Online applications are open until October 1st and require wannabe weed testers to provide basic information such as your name, email, date of birth, and why they believe they would be an excellent cannabis effects specialist. So there could be some issues with getting that free cannabis across the border and doing so legally, but it sounds like an interesting prospective anyways. How do you feel about being a cannabis effects specialist? One of the things I love about being the host of the Cannabis Podcast is all of the interesting requests I get for interviews. 
And this was one of the more interesting ones that I received of late. I, I mentioned it an episode or two ago. I first got an email, and the subject line of the email said, Get high with a Jewish mystic. Now, that kind of appealed to me, obviously, because we're here to talk about cannabis. And being a person who knows very, very little about anything Jewish-related, it had some interest to gain some education. So we spent a bit of a time getting together and, and having some conversation, and eventually I got together to talk with Dovid Kraftchow. Now, Dovid is a Jewish mystic and author of the Kabbalistic Tarot, a simplistic way to understand essential concepts of Jewish teachings. He teaches me much more about Jewish teachings than I ever knew before, and you're going to learn a little bit about that as well, and what I never knew about how cannabis is very involved in his celebration of his Jewish traditions. We pick up the conversation just after I've welcomed Dovid to the Cannabis Podcast. So, Dovid, welcome to the Cannabis Podcast. Well, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. So give me a sense of, of what is a, a Jewish mystic. Well, the Jewish people, see, we're, we're people, we're, we're a Semitic people. See, there's only two Semitic peoples, the, the Jewish people and the Arab people. We are the Semitic people. And uh, what makes us Semitic people is we're the direct descendants from Avraham 4,000 years ago. And Avraham, he came from the Tower of Babel, and he knew the secret of speech uh, when, it, when people were, were using um, iconic uh, things like, you know, like Chinese or um, uh, hieroglyphics. These are iconic languages. Cuneiform is very difficult to, you know, uh, to be very accurate. And Avraham brought phonetic language to the world. Through the, and one was his son who became the father of the Jewish people, uh, Yitzchak, and one his son who became the father of the Arab people, Yishmael. And that's how Arabic and Hebrew uh, came into the world, eventually became the Euro, the, Euro, uh, the Indo-European language, the basis of the European you know, languages. Because Sanskrit is also part of that, that's at the end of Avram's life, he has six children, sends off to the east with a language without a written form, and that is Sanskrit. They make themselves Brahmins after Abraham and uh, Iranians. They kicked out the Kurdish, and they took the land. Anyways, and then these two languages receive prophecy. And the two books of prophecy are the, uh, uh, the Torah uh, and the Quran. And in the Torah, there is the revealed Torah, that people learn. And then there's the hidden Torah, which is the more mystical uh, part of the Torah that, that, that you, you're, you know, according to the rabbis, that you're not even supposed to learn it. But if you learn it, you're not supposed to tell anybody. I mean, it's always been hidden, only a few people. But it says in the Zohar, the most mystical of all the Jewish teachings, that when the world is falling apart, Teach it all. So that's what my book is about. My book, as far as I can, I am teaching everything. Oh, very cool, David. But the whole uh, idea of being in the world, and even the idea of the mystical teachings, is to get you a little bit up from the earth. And the reason why this is such a kind of ubiquitous pleasure to everybody 
is because this is the lowest place in the universe. There's nowhere lower than our Earth. So to get up from the Earth a little bit, the Earth has a great gravity that it's a, just a great pleasure to the human being. That's why we get high. And cannabis, actually, I believe that cannabis was a, a, uh, uh, a gift from Avraham to the world because it came to the Middle East the same time as Avraham. Okay. So I should be thanking Avraham then. We should certainly all be thanking Avraham. Avraham blessed the whole world, you know, through these languages and through the things that he taught. And, uh, and the experience of getting high actually helps us understand a lot of these concepts, because when we get high, we see things in a different way. In your world, how does that really impact what you're trying to do? Like, for example, with, with your daily news that you do uh, when, you're, when you get high. How is that impacting your ability to to distribute your your message? Well, I think to be who I am has been extremely stressful. I really lived on the edge because I didn't want to get co-opted into anything. So I was really like alone in the world. And, you know, there were times when I was just really, uh, and, uh, but I had a vision of where I was going and, uh, I felt very close, you know, I felt that God was really pushing me to do this, so I did it. And getting high, it's interesting. I lived in Israel for 10 years. I left in 1990. And before I left, I remember I went out into the valley, you know, into the valley there, and that's up in the north, and I had a little talk with God. And I said, God, I know things are really a bit tough for me now. I've been living on top of this mountain, studying Torah, just really having, uh, you know, just this, uh, out of the world. And now I'm going to have to go back into the world and have any money. And I, you know, and I said, I'll do it all. I'll do as best as I can. I got one, uh, uh, I call the request, you know, make sure I have something to smoke. If I have something to smoke, I can go through anything. So that's what smoking has done for me. Uh, and I, I have just this huge amount of kind of stress to get to the place where I've really actually gotten to, which is pretty good, but I'm I'm still kind of stressed out for my whole life. And I and smoking is the one thing that, uh, you know, that, that, that just, uh, thank God. I don't think yeah. I can live without smoking. I'm, I'm serious. I just, I, it's just too much for me. Yeah, well, God gave us these things. I mean, this was God given, whether Avram brought it or God, you know, these are God, there's no uh, uh, plant in the Torah that that is illegal. You you brought a, a fascinating world to my eyes that I've never e- even imagined before. So I appreciate that, and and that's an, I, I guess one of the things for me about cannabis that that it does unite many different people from from different walks of life and different perspectives that we all have that that one love and that and that passion for as you say cannabis giving us that ability to get up off the earth uh, and i certainly have that there's, there's absolutely no doubt about that yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so we all have that sort of common experience yeah yeah exactly and I always like to get high at 420 because I feel I know there's a lot of people, you know, I hear they live on the, the West Coast and there's lots of people getting high and that we're all doing something together. I think it's a very powerful thing. And here's another thing, like in, in Hebrew, there's three Hebrew words, I and Shin Nun makes the word Ashan. 
And 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 uh, Ashan, these three words are an acrostic for Olam Shana Nefesh, for world, uh, time, and soul. And each letter in Hebrew has a number affixed to it. And so the I-N is 70, uh, uh, and the Shin is 300, and the, uh, uh, the Nun is 50, which is 420. <laughs> I, I love how that keeps rolling around. <laughs> and, and, and my theory is that when we just hit on something that has an endemic truth to it, everyone just says, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> right? We don't know why, but it's just there's something in it. We all recognize it. And suddenly 420 is the, that's the time. Yeah, I, I wonder, because the, 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 the legend, as I understand it, it was some high school kids in San Rafael, California, gathering around 420, and, and then the, the Grateful Dead and others spread that that term across the country. But I'm wondering, perhaps they were Jewish kids, and they knew the kind of stuff that you know, and that's really where it came from. Well, they probably, they, they, it, so it's not so much of knowing it, it's just a matter of bumping into it and going, hey, man, that's cool. And all of a sudden, everyone's going, hey, that's cool, and no one really knows why. Yeah, yeah, I don't believe any of these lens. I, I just think that they bumped into 420, which is Ashan smoke in Hebrew. It's an ancient language, and it yeah. just stuck. Well, there you go. Right. I, it, it certainly stuck with me. Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah, it's a term I use all the time, and 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 I, I find it it's very quickly helps you to identify those in the crowd who are cannabis aware. As yeah. soon as you throw out 420, and and if they aren't cannabis aware, they well, what do you have to be somewhere? Or? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, very cool. I just say there's things about the number 42, which I mean, there's just in Torah these numbers, and I, I mean that's a lot of Jewish mysticism it has to do with 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 numbers and letters, and I mean okay. it's just really something. But the whole thing is constantly about trying to get high. See. But what mm-hmm. God wants, God wants to get low. God wants to be known in low, but when we try to know God, we're always trying to get high. <laughs> it's an interesting dilemma. <laughs> I, I've never, yeah, I've never seen that that dilemma before. So, so <laughs> thank you for pointing it out to me. That's that's very cool. Uh, do you grow your own? No, I I I've I, I've done it a little bit. Yeah, I've had okay. opportunities a few times. I really enjoy it. Okay. I, I pray with the the, the plants. I like you know, I'm Jewish. I pray a lot, you know. So you know, I, I, yeah, I loved it. There's something so magical about these plants. I mean, we all know that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So so much of the plant is is absolutely magical. How long how long were you working on the book? I write pretty quickly. I I, I there's kind of my it's kind of a it's a two book series, not series, but. Like the covers are opposite one another, you know, like negative and positive, because they're both about the Zohar, but one is more about time, which that sex, a history, a a metaphor to history. So that's about uh, time. And then Zohar beyond the black hole is about space. And uh, uh, so these two books I wrote, uh, I I wrote within the span of a year. And I write uh, smoking. I, I love to smoke and I have smoking, coffee. I just, you know, and, and, and I'm just, it opens a person up. And if you're open and if you're connected, then, you know, the light starts coming down. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. 
you talk about smoking. So yeah. um, every time I have a guest on the Cannabis Podcast, there's a series of hot seat questions I like to finish with that kind of center on that smoking experience. So, All right. Do you have a favorite cultivar? A favorite what? Cultivar or strain? Do I have a favorite strain? Well, I, I, it, it, it goes from year to year. When I was up in Oregon, there was a lot of herb around. I really liked, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to say it. Something like Zegemeister. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know if you, it, that's not quite the right pronunciation of it. Maybe, maybe I'll think of it. But it was an Oregon strain. It, it was an Oregon strain. It was very favorite. It was like, a, gee, probably four years ago. And then down here, you know, I'm in LA and I, I, I like one of the delivery services. It works pretty good for me. And, uh, Oh, I bet you have amazing access to to some amazing weed there. Yeah, yeah. So, well, pretty much whatever you order from them is going to be good. And I, yeah. you know, and I, so it's really giving me a chance to see what I really like. And interesting, what I'm finding, I like to smoke sativa. I was going to ask, yeah, do you have a preference? Yeah, absolutely sativa. But I, there's sometimes that, you know, they have these pre rolls. Yeah. And the pre rolls, I find, kind of take the edge. Like sativa can be pretty, like you know, hard hitting. I, I, can, yeah, I can get pretty racy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the, the pre rolls just give you the same kind of high, but it's much more, you know, it's much more calm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. Have you ever done any edibles? I, I have. I don't really like edibles. I, I had. Right. You know, an episode, I think everyone has one episode where they <laughs> That's right. You know, yeah, where you have a green out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like smoking. You know, I started smoking in the 60s. And, you know, I yeah. think, like, uh, that's that's the way I like to do my herb. Yeah, absolutely. And I am I am the same way. If you have a joint and, and it's burning down the side, do you have a particular name for, for what that's called? No, no. It's probably oh. like fuck. <laughs> 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 That's probably one of the more unique names I've heard for. So, <laughs> oh, <fine. laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, if you had a choice, doing flour or edibles, I'm going to suggest flour. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. You know, I Excellent. like fresh flowers also. I really like them when they're fresh. What do you mean by that? Like l literally right off the plant? No, no. Because oh, like fresh flowers. Yeah, just like well, you know, when 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 they're ready to be smoked, when they're ah oh, yes, they just yes. finished like drying, just to when that they're in that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, <laughs> and it's like candy. It's like candy. It's just like uh, it, candy it, it's true. Let, let me. Uh, this is some of uh, what I've got curing that came out of my yeah garden yeah. this year, and oh beautiful! Wow. Boy, that's you a, just reach out and grab it. <laughs> absolutely, that's a yeah, that's, that's a beautiful. nice little piece of yeah, blueberry. Yeah. Mm. Wow, yeah, I was really yeah. happy with that. Yeah, Excellent. do do you like uh, do, do make your own strains? Do, do you do that? No, I, I have never gotten down to to that level. I, I buy my seeds from a, uh, a company out of Vancouver. Yeah, actually, they've been really reliable. They all their seeds have popped for me. Yeah, so I just buy, and I've been buying autoflowers the last few years. Uh, auto yeah, so autoflowers means that it it doesn't need a twelve hour light cycle to to flower. So where I am up here in the Okanagan, we don't get twelve hours light cycles until October September. So really? with the autoflowers, we had them in the ground, and 
the flowers started after about six weeks and then they flowered for nine weeks. And I, and that was the kind of bud that I got out of it. And so I they, they, the sun doesn't affect them. Now, the sun only affects them in the fact that the sun is making them a better plant because they're growing outdoors, but the light wow. of the sun is, has no impact on their flowering. No, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool actually, and I I've been quite amazed by the, yeah. the bounty we get out of that, and that the pot's pretty good too. I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I can believe it. I know there was yeah. a while when there was like all this stuff coming out of uh, Alaska that there was okay. But that's just sort of time. you know I don't keep up with. It. I I never you know I'm just I, I like to be around it. So I like yeah. Oregon. You know, people were growing it. <laughs> you know, there was all over the place. But yeah, even exactly. with that, I was very surprised that I, was, I don't know if you know Oregon at all, but I was in Ashland. And okay. It's a very hip little town, and there wasn't there wasn't herb for people to smoke, like street people and stuff like. Oh, that. interesting. And I just thought it really. I mean, come on, man. I mean, there's there's like tons of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and absolutely. The street people. I mean, it's one thing that could you know really make life a little better. Right. <laughs> exactly. It, it certainly does for me and, and for many of the people I know. Yeah. Now, how long have you been smoking? Just wondering. I have been uh, for about 50 years. So, yeah, so. Yep, yep. Pretty well just right on 50. Yeah. And yeah. Um, not, I wouldn't say um, daily for that long, but probably daily for the last 20, 25 years. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and, sort of like with you. Yeah. I'm so glad that you contacted me, Dovit, and and we got together for a conversation. Yes, yes. This I has mean, been a blast. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's happy. been very educational for me. Did did you get out of it what you were hoping for? Well, yes, I got to talk about my book, okay. uh, Zohar Beyond the Black Hole, and I, I hope people will uh, will look at it. It's not uh, it's not about herb, but it's about truth, you know, about yeah. far out things. Yeah, well, that's very it's cool. really nice having this conversation with you and be able to share some of these insights that, that I do have about, uh, you know, about marijuana and stuff. And it's uh, yeah. uh, really cool connecting with you, brother. From the Cannabis Infused Studio in the Clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. So we're going back to CannabisHealth.com for the next story. And this is a story written by David Silverberg. What a new high-potency cannabis study discovered about THC's relationship to memory. Washington State University researchers watched users through Zoom as they smoked high-potency cannabis flower or vaped concentrates their participants bought from dispensaries in Washington State, where recreational cannabis use is legal. A control group who didn't use cannabis also participated. Researchers then gave the subjects a series of cognitive tests. Researchers opted to give volunteers cannabis flour with 20% THC or higher to better imitate real-life sessions. It's about external validity, says Carrie Cutler, a WSU assistant professor in the psychology department and lead researcher of the study. Cannabis research in the U.S. is limited to 6% THC flour and rarely any concentrates, since cannabis Schedule One status doesn't give us the access we really need to replicate real-world effects. The study concluded they couldn't see an impact on the cannabis user's performance on decision-making tests in comparison to a sober control group. Still, they uncovered some memory impairments related to free recall and false memories. Free recall tests involved asking groups to remember a list of words and pictures presented to them, testing their short-term memory. Those who smoke cannabis flower performed worse on those tests because they couldn't remember as many words or pictures that were shown to them compared to the sober group. 
Turning to another memory test, the cannabis-using participants performed poorly on false memory. When given a new word and asked if it had been said before, they were more likely to say it had when it had not. Interesting as a sidebar, I was actually on the golf course with my son the other yesterday, and I had uh, stopped to smoke a joint in between holes, and then I went to tell him a story, and I had forgotten what I was going to tell him, and it was very illustrative of the point made in the previous Breckel paragraphs <laughs> that short-term memory can be impacted by cannabis use. End of sidebar. The implication of the false memory conclusion may seem inconsequential. So what if I incorrectly remember that I left my phone in the kitchen when it really was never there all day? Cutler points to a consequence with higher stakes. When police interview witnesses after a crime, they ideally want to ensure they are talking to sober people because intoxicated witnesses using cannabis may be prone to bias and saying something happened when it didn't. The WSU work echoes a major 2020 study run by Dr. Lillian Kloft, a postdoctoral researcher at University of Maastricht in the Netherlands. She and her team found that being under the influence of cannabis increased the potential to form false memories compared to being sober. Dr. Kloft told Cannabis Health, Overall, this showed us that when cannabis is present during a memory test during questioning by the police, cannabis could increase the risk to falsely go along with suggestive but also random questions about an event, increasing the risk that cannabis-intoxicated people may provide false information and thus potentially send an investigation in a wrong direction. But why does cannabis cause this to happen? Well, there hasn't been a definitive answer to this query. Dr. Kloft offers a theory. We can only speculate at this point. On a neurobiological level, THC activates CB1 receptors in our episodic memory center, the hippocampus, and such activation has been linked to the formation of incidental or random associations in animal research. The THC-CB1 receptor link is also noted in previous research, looking at cannabis use in memory, particularly in 2017 research on learning new information. The study's authors wrote, THC impairs recall of information encoded during drug effects. This result suggests that people should avoid learning new information under the influence of CB1R agonists. This is especially relevant to high school and college-age students who have to learn new information related to their academic demands. Interestingly, some studies believe that cannabis use can slow cognitive decline, although studies on mice have garnered the most recognition. This study noted how a single injection of THC in mice increased their level of sirtuin, 1, an enzyme that has been previously shown to be involved in neuroprotection and neuroplasticity. The WSU study also points out an intriguing counter to the well-circulated idea that high-potency cannabis can be more harmful to our memory than cannabis with medium-grade THC levels. But Cutler's research doesn't buoy these theories thanks to another conclusion. Cognitive test scores didn't vary between the group using 90% THC and the one smoking 20% THC. There's been a lot of speculation that these really high-potency cannabis concentrates might magnify detrimental consequences, but there's been almost zero research on cannabis concentrates which are freely available for people to use, said Cutler. I want to see way more research before we come to any general conclusion, but it is encouraging to see that the concentrates didn't increase harms. And there you go. There's an interesting perspective, kind of confirmed a few things that we had already confirmed, like that, that lapse of memory when you are imbibing cannabis that, that can be momentary, and then suddenly it comes rolling back, and, and there's the story again. An interesting story, and thanks again to the folks at CannabisHealth.com.
THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. On Cultivar Corner today, we kick off a week of new cultivars as part of a treat for myself. I just recently had a week's holidays where I was away from the store, but not necessarily away from cannabis. <laughs> I made sure it was going to be an interesting week. So I picked up seven eighths, which meant that I had one that I could pretty well do every day with a couple of days in between for good measure. And we we're going to start with way on the West Coast. This is from Aaron's BC Bud, the original and this is their Island MK Ultra. That's what we're going to be sampling today. And first, let me open up the jar. It is a jar, a plastic jar. Not everybody's moving to the glass. And the most interesting thing I found with this one, it has real hints of licorice. And I don't remember smelling that in weed before. Again, maybe my <laughs> insensitive nose <laughs> is missing a lot of those notes. But I really detect like almost like anise. You know, there's, there's that hint of licorice at the tail end of the inhale. I'll let you know if there's any licorice when we get into the actual tasting of it. Try to use the new technique again to start the vaporizer now so that by the time I'm actually ready for it, it will be ready. So this is a West Coast Bud. Aaron's BC Bud, the original. Their goal is to create the absolute best cannabis on the market. Each and every one of their buds has been hand-tendered by experts with dozens of years of experience handling plants and cannabis. These plants are grown in highly controlled rooms to minimize the chance of disease and maximize the potential of every plant. Family-owned and operated. They are BC Bud, more than a motto and more than a company. They're a community of users, growers, and customers that are all connected to make their products the best in the industry. They believe in small, handcrafted products that are grown by experts, and that philosophy trickles down into everything they do. They've been at it for 35 years now, has Aaron's BC Bud, and they're in the heart of Vancouver Island. Coombs, in fact. And if you've ever heard anything about Coombs, you've probably heard about the goats on the roof of this one store in, in that area. And I think they even have named, well, in fact, that's, that's why it's called Aaron's, because Aaron is a goat. I'm pretty sure about that. I might have just made that up because I'm not seeing, oh, no, no, I'm not. I did not make it up. Here is the story of Aaron. It's a story of a lone goat on a property in the heart of Vancouver Island. Yes, that's right. Aaron is a goat that has been a staple at their property for the better part of a decade. This lone animal is kept over us as we have moved into this new phase of growth and development. Aaron has been a good goat, but like all good goats, everything comes to an end. And it is with a heavy heart that I tell you Aaron has left the building. We suspect it was love. He is and will be missed. This is why we named the company after him to show the errant bovine all the love and respect that he deserves. Now, if that doesn't make you want to give Aaron's BC Bud a try, <laughs> I don't know what does. So now let's talk about the strain, or rather the 
cultivar that we're talking about in this instance. And this is Island MK Ultra. Their Island MK Ultra is an indica-dominant hybrid that features light, colorful flowers with plenty of sticky resins throughout. It offers a high THC count and has a sweet, mint-like taste with an earthy pine finish. Well, as I say, I'm, I'm not picking up the mint. It's more of a... Actually, it seems to me more of a licorice scent. I can't account for that. But I can tell you that even though they don't have on the label for the jar uh, anything other than the THC, and the THC on this one is at 24.0, no terpenes are listed, no percentage of terpenes on the label, but at the website there are. The terpenes is about 2.55%. Eucalyptol is the mint, D3 carrying is the sweetness, and beta pinene is the pine. So I'm not sure that I've had anything recently that has had eucalyptol in it, in terms of a terpene. Also, the D3 carrying is kind of unique too. I guess that accounts for the different aroma profile that I'm detecting here in Aaron's BC Bud. So I'm going to pop some into the vaporizer. And let's just start there and see where we go from there. Vaporizer is ready. And this is Aaron's BC Bud with their Island MK Ultra. Okay, there's perhaps a bit of the mint there. Yeah, a bit of, okay, a bit of a bit of a mint and a bit of sweet. It's kind of like I want to lick my, lick my lips. Because these terpenes are so different from the typical terpenes that I have found in the weed I've been smoking lately, I'm really curious as to see what kind of a hit and what kind of a effect this has on my endocannabinoid system as we continue with, what this, hit number three? Very pleasant taste. There is a bit of a hint of mint there. And just, a, just a, again, I guess, a hint, a hint of sweetness. I'm not picking up any of the pine. Either bringing it in or exhaling. But it is a very good taste. Smooth, uh, really nice in the vaporizer. I think we need to have a definitive mark on this, so I'm going to continue on with the task of rolling the joint. So I wanted to give myself a treat for my holidays. It's been a, it's been a while since I've had a, a paid holiday and a chance to get away and, and just worry about what I need to worry about, not what anybody else needs to worry about, to put it frankly. So... As mentioned, I picked up a number of different cultivars to sample over the next week or so. I'm hoping to feature each one on a cultivar corner. The <laughs> determining factor there is how stoned I get through the week. And <laughs> someone at work, actually, as I was leaving today, said, 
So will you remember to take pictures of them? <laughs> so that's the first thing I will try to remember to do. And I'm pleased to say I did take some good pictures of the Aaron's BC Bud Island MK Ultra. Those will probably be featured in the artwork. Maybe a post on Instagram to, to show you that as well. So <laughs> score one for me. I did remember to take a picture this time. And I also remember to turn on the recorder so that I can capture the effect of what's happening with the Island MK Ultra. And as I'm sitting here rolling the joint, and I guess this is kind of an irony because I don't really need to be rolling a joint. <laughs> Those hits I had on the vaporizer are now coming to fruition. So a wee bit of a creeper, not too long, it wasn't an awful lot of time in between, but it creeps up very nicely. Happy eyes are there. Just a, I guess another thing I've never really found a way to describe, and I guess it's just as simple as kind of a relaxation between the shoulder blades kind of thing. It's kind of, for me, just like the happy eyes is, is when I know that I've got that euphoria going on. And, and when those shoulder blades kind of happen, that tells me that it's kind of moving into a nice body stone. And I like both of those feelings. And so far, I have to say that from Island MK Ultra from Aaron's BC Bot, I'm getting it. But I'm still going to carry on. I have a joint rolled. You don't expect me to have rolled a joint and not light it as part of this episode, do you? No, I didn't think so. So sticking true to form, the joint is a comparison both from a taste perspective and you know, to call out if there's something nasty about what's happening with the end result of that smoke. And I'm not seeing anything so far. Nice white ash. Nice smooth burn. Even though it's not the taste of the vaporizer, there's still a very pleasant taste with it. Not harsh. So nothing's hurting the back of my throat. Nothing's making me want to cough a lot. And I'm taking fairly good hits. And now I'm going to hang on to one. And let the Island MK Ultra go to work. Allow it an opportunity to Pursue venues it may want to pursue. <laughs> Sometimes that's not up to me. <laughs> but yeah, it is definitely, oh yeah. <laughs> stage two. So stage one, happy eyes presenting themselves, nice shoulder blade movement. Stage two, all of those things kind of now a little bit more intense. And, and tingly. <laughs> so, so not only is, is the happy eye sensation there, but there's a bit of a, a, a tingly excitement in my body as well. So, <laughs> am I a fan of, of Aaron the goat? Absolutely, Aaron. We miss you, buddy. I'm sure you led a happy, happy life on Vancouver Island. Aaron was the namesake for Aaron's BC Bud and their Island MK Ultra will do Aaron proud. Well, 
I am excited to say that I've received some more cannabis in the mail. It's true. <laughs> Perfectly legal. In fact, we are allowed to share and, and, and to give up to 30 grams of cannabis to anyone in Canada. And because others can ship it in the mail, why can't we? <laughs> I was really stoked. Got an email oh, a few weeks ago, I suppose, from, uh, I'm going to call him, no, oh, what the heck, use his first name, Josh. I think we should be safe. Josh in southeastern Ontario. How about we say southern Ontario? How about we say Ontario? <laughs> Before I limit it too far. <laughs> and Josh said that he had some samples of his weed that he would love to send my way. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to pick one of those, what we think is going to be the best one, and we're going to do a cultivar corner and see how it relates. It, I was pretty impressed with the bud, pretty impressed with the cure. As you know, I've been doing my own curing and trying to get it to a state where I'm pretty happy with it. And some of the buds have just nugged up beautifully. And others are they're still kind of floaty, kind of flaky. And I, I have not yet figured out the difference of, of, of why one is behaving one way and the other is different. But anyway, so that is something that is coming up. I will be doing some examination of, and I'm distracted because I'd forgotten that it wasn't only some weed he sent me. He sent me a bit of hash too. Because it has been no secret that I have expressed about how I love the sweet taste of hashish. And he sent me a little ball of some hashish as well. Very, very nice. I'm not suggesting that you need to do the same. I mean, if you want to, I'm not going to stop you for it or stop you from it, but <laughs> I'm not in any way suggesting that you should be doing that. So I did want to mention that. There's a, what else did I want to mention? Oh, this may be an indication of what we talked about in an earlier story today. Imbibing in cannabis may have an impact on one's memory and being able to retrieve facts as one expects those facts to be delivered. Hence, I can't honestly remember what else I was going to talk about. <laughs> but as always, if there is anything you hear on the Cannabis Podcast you would like to comment on, you can send it to info at CannabisPodcast.com. Always love to get your comments. Same thing if you have somebody that you think should be interviewed, send them their name along. We'll get in touch and we'll see if we can get that arranged. That's it for episode 78 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.